sound pretty good. Terrible. Oh, we got the gimpy club sitting together. <laughs> they called themselves that. I did not just call them that. <laughs> Fifteen minutes ago, that's how they referred to themselves. Good morning, good morning. It is good to see everyone. Welcome to March, uh, and welcome to 7th Street Christian Church. Um, there is lots uh, to read in your bulletin. Um, I mean, two full pages of announcements and things happening, and I encourage you to read through all of that um, during my sermon, before my sermon, after my sermon, whenever. So I uh, just want to call your attention to um, a lot of things that are about to start, which is Lent. So this Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. We have um, Brenner starting around 5.30 and then a service uh, at 6.30 here in the sanctuary. So I hope you will make it to that. Also, another, a number of things happening this Lent, including our Being Mortal Lent study, which you can read about. Um, if you want to be a part of that, there's some books that you can, there's a, you can pick up the book in the narthex. So, um, yeah. There you, oh, thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. Yes, pick up your copy, and then there's homework. Read chapters one and two by next Sunday. So, uh, Also just want to um, bring your attention to uh, fundraising efforts that are going to be happening with the intergenerational mission trip to Maine. So you can read about that in the newsletter, and Jamie has a little corner. Jamie Babzak has a corner in the back. You can read more about that. Uh, and uh, learn more about it also next week. So hope you can support those mission trip efforts. Um, there's also an education forum next Saturday. If you haven't RSVP to that, please do so by tomorrow. Um, there's a worship committee meeting after worship today uh, that'll meet probably in the parlor. That sounds like a nice place to meet. Um, <laughs> so join us for that. We also celebrate... The baptismal bursary of Jillian Austin and Ian Douglas. So they were baptized a year ago, really tomorrow, but this is the Sunday anniversary. So, yay! So I think that's about it. It's a wandering Sunday, so kids of all ages are invited to participate in that. Oh, yeah, Lent calendars. So Lent kicks off, and there's um, some Lent calendars on being green and sustainable, and you can pick those up at the Welcome Center. Thank you. See, if I don't have it written down, I just forget about it. So, um, Wandering, and we're going to sing our song. Yeah, and we've got some egg sh new egg shakers. Oh, yeah. New egg shakers. 24 new egg shakers. Who wants? You guys got your instruments? Ding. There we go. Thank you. Um, I invite all those young and young at heart to come forward and join me. If anyone is interested in an egg shaker today or a musical instrument, we can pass some back. Yep, Cheryl will come by, see if you want to grab an egg shaker. Come on forward, friends. So this morning we're going to be learning... All right, so can we keep the egg shakers quiet just for a moment while we learn this song? It is very simple. I want you to repeat after me. Are you ready? Allelu. 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 
Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. You just learned a song, and you didn't even know it. So the song goes, Alleluia, 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 praise ye the Lord. So here are some motions. Did you see that I was moving a little bit? For the Alleluia's, you kind of stay low and give a little bounce or whatever modification is best for you out there in the pews. You bounce a little bit low. Can you bounce with me, friends? You go, Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. And then you raise your arms and go, praise ye the Lord. And then it repeats. Alleluia, 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 praise ye the Lord. And then you start high. You go, praise ye the Lord. Alleluia, praise ye the Lord. Alleluia, praise ye the Lord. Alleluia, praise ye the Lord. We think we can try it? Okay, I invite those who are able to please rise and join in song and dance. Are you ready, friends? Okay. Ready, Martha? Okay. So we start a little bit low, as low as you can. Alleluia, 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 praise ye the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, praise ye the Lord, stay up, praise ye the Lord, alleluia, praise ye the Lord, alleluia, praise ye the Lord, alleluia, praise ye the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. Please join me in the call to worship. Something drew us together this morning. Some holy mystery we call God. Some indescribable hope we feel when we gather in the spirit.
Peter, James, and John went up on the side of a mountain with Jesus and experienced glory, but then Peter wanted to stay. It's good for us to be here. Let's get comfortable. We are also often tempted to keep the experience of the divine to ourselves, to enjoy the company of the saints instead of going back down the mountain to continue the work of the kingdom of God. God knows this temptation of our hearts. So let us confess and pray for forgiveness. God of glory and light, forgive us when we are complacent and comfortable with keeping the riches of your love to ourselves. Keep calling us down from our mountains of privilege. Keep expecting more of us as your disciples. Keep reminding us to listen to your Son, in whose name we pray. Amen. Whether we hear a voice from the heavens or a still, small voice in our hearts, listen carefully for the love of God. Believe and accept God's love and live in God's freedom. We believe. Thanks be to God. At peace with God, let us now offer the peace of Christ to one another.
Now for the first reading from Psalm 99, all the verses 1 through 9. Please follow along if you want to in your pew Bibles. <laughs> the Lord is king. Let the peoples tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. Mighty king, lover of justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Extol the Lord our God. Worship at his footstool. Holy is he. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those who called on his name. They cried to the Lord and he answered them. He spoke to them in the pillar of cloud. They kept his decrees and the statutes that he gave them. O Lord our God, you answered them. You were a forgiving God to them, but an avenger of their wrongdoings. Extol the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. The word of the Lord. Our second reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 28 through 44. I invite you to actively listen or to read along in your pew Bible. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son. Whom I have chosen, listen to him. 
When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. And the disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd called out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seizes him and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsion so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the impure spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were amazed at the greatness of God. While everyone was marveling at all Jesus did, he said to his disciples, Listen carefully to what I am about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it. And they were afraid to ask him about it. The word of God for the people of God. How many of you remember the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? Anyone? I was about 12 or so when the movie came out. It was my gateway to adventure movies, or at least all adventure movies that Harrison Ford was in. If you remember, or if you are not, if you've never seen the movie or it's been a while, it is, Indy is trying to find his father who is in search of the Holy Grail, supposedly the chalice that Jesus the Christ used. And of course, Indy is running, like always, from bad people. In this case, two characters, Elsa and Donovan, who follow him right into the temple where the Holy Grail is kept. Upon arriving at the Grail's chambers, they all discover that the true grail is hidden among dozens of fake grails. Only the true grail brings life, while the false grail claims it. Donovan, one of the bad guys, not being a historian, has no idea which grail to choose. 
and Elsa, the other bad person, offers to select it for him. She, purposely selecting incorrectly, chooses one that is most elaborate, one with the most precious jewels, clearly the one that is most costly, the shiniest one, the gold one. And as Donovan goes to fill it with water with hopes of having everlasting life, he says, certainly this is the cup of the king of kings. And after he drinks it, he soon realizes he has chosen poorly, and he withers away, turning to dust. The real grail, a simple cup, one of a poor carpenter, nothing fancy, dull, ordinary, humble. We live and move in a world where we have been trained to perceive greatness in a very certain way. Greatness is distinguished. Greatness equates to athleticism or intelligence or beauty. Greatness is an acquisition of status. Greatness equals bigger, and bigger is better. Bigger ideas, bigger beliefs, bigger and better means more money, more power, and greatness is always to be pursued. Because if not, you're lazy or you're dumb. Greatness is to have favor. And we have entire systems based on greatness. We have economic systems dependent on always growing, always expanding, always getting bigger, always being great. Er. Even leadership strategies, all based on greatness. I was Googling them, and books popped up called Think Bigger, The Personal Greatness Project, Grow to Greatness. Sports team selections, I mean, who doesn't want the best athlete. Even theologies like the prosperity gospel. All systems based on greatness. Now I'm not equating these things to bad. Okay, some of them are. <laughs> but too often we choose to overlook the good things that are right in front of us. Perhaps our house isn't the biggest, but we have a roof over our heads. Maybe we don't have all the money in the world, but our needs are met. We don't see the blessings right at our fingertips, that life is actually sweet, and good.
and God's greatness can and is being experienced in the most mediocre miracles. In our gospel reading this morning, we find Jesus and Peter, John, and James up on a mountaintop praying. And they have a most amazing experience on this mountain. While they were praying, Jesus' appearance begins to change and he starts to glow. And they are visited by well-known ghostly prophets. And they hear God's voice. This is known as the great transfiguration moment. This is the moment that is said that Peter, John, and James realize who Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of God, the King of kings, the Messiah. God's greatness is revealed. But they have to keep it to themselves. Oftentimes on Transfiguration Sunday, this is where the story ends. But this morning, we hear more of this story. And we come down the mountain with the disciples to learn that a boy is in need of healing. An only child. He is seized by a spirit that is causing him convulsions. And Jesus is asked to heal this boy. And the disciples have tried and they couldn't. And Jesus appears a bit disappointed in the disciples. And he heals this boy and everyone is amazed at the greatness of God. Luke's gospel is all about seeing. Over and over, we hear stories about what Jesus sees that others do not. And what do people see in Jesus and say who he is? In this story, where is the glory of God seen and experienced? High up on a mountain? Yes. But is that the only place that God's greatness is recognized? Do you have to go to a mountaintop to experience God's greatness or a pillar on a cloud or high in the heavens? Do you have to hear a voice from heaven or enter into a temple or have a vision or your face has to glow? Is it only there? Or can it also be experienced off the mountain? down in the community and the healing of a boy. Perhaps that is where the real transfiguration takes place. 
During my ordination, the sermon that was shared that day encouraged me to have the kind of vision and ministry that can see things up close and far away. I was encouraged to have nearsightedness and farsightedness, to see up close those whom are not seen or heard or easily forgotten, as well as to have the farsightedness to understand the bigger picture of what was going on. And this kind of sight has little to do with our eyes. Seeing isn't just about our eyes. If someone responds with the phrase, oh, I see, they are explaining something much bigger than vision. They are saying, oh, I understand. Oh, I see your perspective. Because we know that seeing is also about listening and understanding and compassion, and removing our ego, and removing our biases, and paying attention. This week, we enter into Lent, a time when we intentionally cultivate opportunities to listen where we intentionally look inward to consider what we are missing from our faith lives. It is a time where we seek a richer relationship with Jesus. During Lent, or any time of year, really, it is when we ask, where will we see God's greatness? And while we may look in all the obvious places, sure, high up on a mountain or in the sanctuary or in the clouds, might we allow ourselves to look in the less obvious places? The places that make us uncomfortable. The places that perhaps we would never consider new experiences or hard conversations? Might we ask this Lent, how might we be transfigured? And where might we see God's greatness? Let it be so. I invite us to stand and sing our hymn of commitment, Amazing Grace. If you don't have it memorized, you can find it on page 546. Stand if you are able and let us join our voices in song.
Good morning. We are here to do praise for the people and for ourselves. Let us bow our head in prayer. Here we are, Lord, each and one of us standing in the need of prayer. Each and every day, we know that you love us and that you are here to protect us. But we have to do our part in this. You send us blessings that we do not see and we do not appreciate, but you put turmoil in our lives so we can sit back and think about the blessings that you have given us. We pray for our church. We pray for our city. We pay, pray for the people that are out there that need you and they're lost. And we need to help bring them back into the fold. Because a lot of times we think of self. And we don't think about what other people are going through. But yet, you love them no matter what. And we have to think about that. We come to church and we sit and we hear a sermon and it's okay for you to rejoice and say amen or praise the Lord because God will hear you and he knows you are listening and hearing his word. But help our country, help pull us all together and think about all the people all over the world because we have to pray for the people we have to pray for ourselves. And when we wake up each and every morning, we have to thank you for being there for us. But again, Lord, we love you. And I hear your prayers through song that comes to me. And I'm going to attempt to sing a song this morning. And it's called, Let the Church Say Amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. God has spoken. So let the church Say amen. So can we get an amen this morning? Amen. amen. Because God is there and he is watching over us. And we need to praise his holy name all day. Amen.
We come to the time in our service now where we are invited to give. We were reminded in our sermon that God's greatness doesn't have to come from something fancy, that God's love is found in the smallest, most humble gifts. And with these gifts, regardless of size or amount, comes the possibility of resurrection, new life, and transformation. So please give as you are able. Let us pray. Bless these gifts, we pray. May they represent just the beginning of our journey to show forth your glory to the world, O God. Amen. You may be seated. We were asked how we will be changed, how we will be transfigured, as we move through Lent in the coming weeks as a part of Reverend Holly's sermon. And I posit, I imagine that one of the ways we are changed, one of the ways we will be changed every week, is at this table. As disciples, we know the importance of an open table, of a place where all are welcome, of a place we re- where we are reminded that there is enough. In fact, there is abundance. A place where you are reminded that there is no one who cannot come, no one we will not celebrate and affirm. And so as you come to this table today, I invite you to yet again be changed by the knowledge that there is enough. There is enough for each of us, and we 
are loved with great abundance. Thank you. Let's join our voices in our communion song, My Hope is Built, found on page 537. This morning, as we come to this table, we remember the story that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, this bread is like my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he poured out the wine and he blessed it and gave thanks and said, the wine in this cup is like the blood in my veins, poured out to give you new life. 
Do this in remembrance of me. This morning we partake of communion by intinction. You will be invited to come forward and you take a piece of bread and dip it into the cup and partake of both elements together. As Reverend Haskins shared, no matter who you are or where you are from, you are welcome to this table. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for our many blessings. We call on you and you answer us, for you are holy. As we eat this bread that represents Jesus' broken body given for us, may we remember that our hope is built on Jesus' blood and righteousness. No matter what we go through, we totally lean on Jesus' name. We pray this in his holy name. Amen. Gracious Lord, hear our prayers. Thank you for your gift of this cup and all that it meant to you and means to us. Let that generosity and compassion not just shock and frighten us, let it motivate and enable us. In a world of hurts, ills, punishments, fear, and disasters, help us become part of the healing, rewarding, relief, and blessing. Focus our giving not just on people we decide are deserving, but on all your children, not just the grateful, but also the ungrateful. We pray in the name of the one who showed us the way, drew us in with love, compassion, and understanding so that we can do the same. Ever our Lord Jesus Christ, amen.
Let us pray. Merciful God, we thank you for this meal that is a reminder of how Jesus lived loving extravagantly and not withholding a thing. May we depart this table living just like that, showing mercy and love to all. We pray this in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. from this place, let us join our voices one last time in our closing hymn, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds, found on page 433. benediction. May God now send us back down the mountain out of worship. We have been changed. We can't be silent anymore. We have seen the light of the world. Go and share the radiance of love. Amen. <laughs>